I'm Izzy, and my guest today is super, super, super dope. She's actually been a dream guest of mine for a little bit now, and I did not tell her that for um, obvious purposes. (laughs) So super excited to have her on the show today and just talk about everything Shop Latinx and specifically talk a little bit about the $1.9 trillion purchasing power that we as Latinx Hispanics have in I guess in e- in e-commerce in in shopping in general. So just super super excited to have Brittany Chavez of Shop Latinx on. Thanks for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored. It's you know I've seen your work from afar and I've always thought you're super dope. So I'm glad that we're finally having a conversation. Like it's about time. I feel like. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm appreciative of you seeing my work from afar. Um, but for the people that don't know who you are, that may not know what Chop Latinx are, is, um, do you want to give a brief intro as to who you are and what you do? Yeah, so I'm I'm Brittany. I'm the founder and CEO of Shop Latinx. But before I get into that, I'm um, born and raised in Los Angeles. I currently live in Portland. I'm a proud Central American, Guatemalan, and Nicaraguense. Um, and yeah, my baby is Shop Latinx. We are um, an e-retail marketplace by and for Latinx uh, creators and designers. So what does what does that really look like? Yeah, so we're a shopping platform. Uh, we're a shopping platform of beauty, fashion, accessories, and home products that are made by Latina, Latinx designers, um, across the U.S. and looking to expand into LATAM, which I'm really excited about. Ooh, I'm excited about <laughs> that. Maybe we'll get into that a little bit later. But yeah. uh, all right, cool. So I think from there, I really want to bring this conversation into the founding story of Shop Latinx because mm-hmm. I've literally binged probably like three or four of your podcasts before this, <laughs> uh, as well as obviously just knowing you before. Uh, there's one thing that I listened to uh another podcast and you said something about driving uber and having a ton of just different side gigs random jobs Mm -hmm. and then coming home to this room that you had rented Mm -hmm. and literally just like obsessing over shop latinx so let's hear about that Mm -hmm. founding story and like why you were just so I think the word or the term that I used before was so hard-headed on making sure that this was going to work for you Yeah, I mean, this was in 2016. So I think even the climate during the presidential election and like the rhetoric spewed against Latinos. And also, too, this was a year where it was really transformative. I had quit my job. I was working at a record label as like an assistant to the assistant, you know, in the urban A&R department. And I just realized that like I'm not going to be able to figure out what my true calling is. But I knew I was destined for more. Um, I took a trip to Central America to visit and meet family. Um, And I feel like prior to that year, there was a sense of shame in my culture and in my identity. Um, You know, I didn't really grow up with a lot of Latinos in my neighborhood. It was mostly like a bunch of Jewish kids. And yeah, yeah, I just never felt a sense of pride. Um, However, it was during that time. you know, the, the, the two combined with everything that was happening in the U.S. to like my experience being amongst my people in another country. And it, I found it to be so beautiful um, on top of, you know, there were so many platforms designed for, you know, other communities 
and, and they created tangible ways for us to support these brands, you know, and not only were they, you know, black owned brands or, you know, Asian owned brands, they were dope and they were curated, you know? So yeah, that one time, you know, fast forward, um, I'm driving for Uber. I was a dog transporter. Like I met this like crazy girl on, <laughs> on like Craigslist who was like a trust fund girl that like would go on craigslist and would go through like the ads of like dogs and cats that were being sold and like in her head like if we didn't save them then like they'd go like they'd die or something i don't know but like i would she would call me to go pick up like animals and then take them to like a rescue in valencia california and that was like my side gig and she'd pay me like anywhere between like 150 to like $300. There were times where I drew, drove to like San Diego to like pick up a bunny and then take it to a rescue. Like I was living, like I lived, I also like through this community of like weird white, like animal loving freaks. I met this lady who was literally like a dog hoarder and Okay, I'm going on a rant, but like I just worked some no, random I, job where I, lived in, I lived in a house where I rented a room for $200 a month. This was after the, the house in Burbank for $200 a month. I um, would, she had, she lived in a house with at minimum 20 dogs all in the, you, like you couldn't even walk. I couldn't even like open the door a crack without all these little like yappy chihuahuas and huge dogs barking and like every day she'd have to lysol and then every morning i'd have to like take the dogs outside and like clean poop i was like essentially like an indent like i felt like an indentured servant but it was also this like scarcity mentality where i was just like working all these odd jobs and then you know i i come home from this uber shift and i was getting all these complaints too because like my car started to smell like dead animals and there was like like fur on the top of the it was just bad like and it was like my car that eventually got totaled too so i had i had nothing um <laughs> but anyway i was like googling um you know latinx businesses to support i found nothing i found no article no listicle i saw that during that time we had 1.2 trillion dollars in annual spending power i saw that the article was written by some like European fool and I was like I think that there's something special here you know if there are other platforms that you know allow me to shop from these other brands why can't I do that for my own community um thus shop Lionx was born <laughs> damn I really want to know about all those dogs but I'm not going to get into that I think that, that... Lady was toxic like <laughs> I just feel like she had so many issues and she just surrounded herself with these animals and she just lived in this like perpetual loop of just insanity and i was in the middle of it and trying to figure oh. my my own self out and honestly i like give her gratitude you know like it was an experience and that's what life's all about but i couldn't have any friends over they were all scared they were like dude what the hell were you living this is like a hoarder house filled with dogs i've like actually like never told anyone about this because it's like I feel like it was so traumatizing that it's like literally coming out during this podcast episode. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like I'm just, yeah, it's so crazy how like I, a Latina, you know, I'm in a, in this position of leadership and I'm a CEO and, 
you know, prior to this, like I never had a real title at any corporation or like, you know, I've always been an intern, an assistant, um, a dog transporter, an Uber driver. And it's cool to like be in this position. And I hope that, you know, I'm, I'm a positive representation to other Latinas that like aspire to dream big. You absolutely are. I love that. I think uh, one, one thing I actually want to get into is mm -hmm. you brought up that sense of, I don't think it was sh shame, but just like this sense of like, I don't know if I fit in here with how I look or who I am or my family background or anything like that. And it's a conversation that I had earlier with another Hispanic Heritage Month uh, guest. His name is Johan and he's actually in San Diego. So that's super weird, but he was in Chicago. Um, he's half Puerto Rican and if I'm not mistaken, his dad's from Iran and mm. he basically would walk around Chicago and he's like, yo, like for the longest time growing up, I wanted to fit in, right? I just wanted to be like everybody else. I just wanted to like, just fit in with the crowd. But as we get older, we sense that like fitting in is kind of boring. Um, and that's not like how we're all going to grow. So mm -hmm. when did that click in the back of your mind? Like, Hmm, maybe being I think weird it was is okay. Year, you know, I feel like the dilemma with Latinidad is the term is fucking confusing. Like it's a blanket term for that. It, that, you know, covers a lot of, and that represents or does its best to represent, but can fail miserably oftentimes to be a, a representation of like a lot of nuanced and intersectional identities, you know, and like it, and, and honestly too, it's, I think it's created by design, you know, like we're not a monolith. Um, you know, I grew up in a predominant, you know, what the LA is very Mexican centric, you know, I don't really know much about my Guatemalan identity outside of food. Um, and I feel like growing up, yeah, I've had to conform to a lot of cultures that I felt weren't mine, you know, or of, of my, you know, of my ethnicity. However, I do think at this time, like that is my culture, right? Like, I think the way that we are represented in media is confusing. So like, why don't we as young Latinx take the initiative to really shape and dictate what the future of Latinx looks like together? Like, I don't speak Spanish, you know, and I was just telling my team this because we we're going over like, you know, the types of creators we want to partner with. And I, I want to be intentional with like the type of woman and, and you know, just Latinx we, we represent, you know, and I, it's again, like I want us to be mindful of, you know, she doesn't, she probably, you know, she, she probably doesn't speak Spanish or like, you know, I have a woman on the team who was adopted by a Jewish family, you know, and shop Latinx, I want people to feel seen. And that's our mission. You know, that's our tagline is like allowing, you know, uh, allowing you to feel seen, supported and celebrated through an intentional shopping experience. Um, and everything we do has to tie back to that mission. And I think for so long, you know, I would question my identity or ask myself where I fit in. But when I realized that like, I can't really fit in 
it, it, all of this was made by like, it, it's all a product of like colonialism, right? Like, and I think this confusion, they want us to just stay confused instead of really embracing like that. Yeah. We're, we're a mix of cultures and like identities and that's tight. And that is, that is a culture, you know, like, um, you know, as you know, even when I have kids, like they're going to be third generation, you know? And so, yeah, they might not see themselves in what's being represented on Telemundo, you know? And even too, like, is that an accurate, unproblematic re representation of Latinidad, you know? And I'm excited for young people and, you know, people like us to be in those rooms where we can ignite change and like really do the work to like make sure people feel seen. I don't think we do. And I think that's why so many people experience like I, an identity crisis, you know? Absolutely. It's wild. Um, I am also in the same bucket. I don't speak Spanish. I 100%, oh, really? yeah, hundred percent understand <laughs> well, it. Um, yeah. but when I went down, I even like last October, I went down to Puerto Rico and I'm on the Island and it comes out a little bit. Like I, I can definitely get around in a conversation, but I grew up in a predominantly white community. And when I started learning, like learning, like in school and around my parents and everything like that, I sounded so much different than everybody else. So I thought that that was wrong. So that mental block of, well, I sound so much different, so I'm going to like put that mental block up and be the class clown and not actually care versus like, no, you're, oh just, my you're just better than everyone else at this. And I didn't mm. come to realize that until probably, honestly, mm, probably like three years ago. And that- Really? Yeah, and like, Growing up, I used to, like, go to my grandparents' house, and they know English, but, like, it was very much, uh, we would be talked to in Spanish and then respond in English. Literal same, like, actual same, like, same with my grandmother. She spoke English, she, she you know, she was bilingual, yeah. and, like, I would respond in English, and, like, if she was talking to me in Spanish, like, I knew everything she was saying, I would just, like, we understood each other, right. you know, and it's, like... I think this notion of like, you're Latina and you don't speak Spanish. Like I didn't, I wasn't born in Latin America. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like my parents had me, you know, my mom had me as a teenager, the, you know, and she spoke, speaks broken uh, Spanish yeah. and like, who am I going to, you know, the last thing that she wanted to do, I'm sure was teach me a second language on top of like, you know, surviving capitalism and being a new teen mom, right. you know? And like, Shopline, like I've gotten this far and created a company that for Latinx in the US without speaking Spanish. Right. You know what I mean? Like if I needed a Spanish speaker or if I needed to speak Spanish for some reason around, you know, and it had to do with my company, I will hire an amazing Spanish speaker. Yeah. You know what I mean? Help me with copy or whatever, I, I think that's important, you know, and I, I do think, you know, eventually it's, you know, I would love to learn Spanish, but I'm like, I've, I've made it this far at 31 and, um, 
you know, it, it, it seems as though it's those who are not of, who are not Latinx or are older that feel a way about it, but I'm not going to allow them to continue like projecting on me because I've come so far to be so comfortable in my skin and so confident in who I am and my identity and embracing like, Hey, I just, I am who I am and yeah. I'm not gonna, you know, let anyone think otherwise. And so, yeah, I'm just, I'm just me, man. I love that. I love that. <laughs> not in a speaking me. And I love that for me. I love that. I think what's, uh, really really dope about you is how open you are with um talking about the ups and downs of one being a founder because let's be honest like sometimes that shit sucks right so like when you yeah. when you like go through founding a company raising funds being a latina raising funds and all these different stories that you can tell and have told like there there is some type of mental just grind you're going through on an everyday basis and i love how open you are with you just coming out and saying like i go to therapy i do these things i do that and it, i think it needs to be projected more that like people like you people like me also go to therapy and we are going we're, we're actually being like we're in i guess semi-successful positions so from that how be interested to hear like how instrumental has therapy been towards like your growth as a person and then as a founder as well if you're open to talking about it of course great question i mean therapy has transformed my life you know i wouldn't the company would have been shut down a long time ago had it not been for therapy because i would have gotten in my own way um you know i i've dealt with a lot in this in this lifetime so far. Like I've, I've been through a lot of trauma and pain and that's permeated through, you know, business and the way that I conduct myself, you know, whether it's getting angry or having insecurity around financials, you know, or um, self doubt, um, you know, learning how to navigate, you know, or even how to negotiate. I wouldn't have trust in myself or had the confidence to be where I am today. Um, so I owe a lot of who I am and where I am and my successes to really putting in that work, you know? Yeah. And it's 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 vital. Um, I think especially for people of color, it's, it's pretty unfortunate that like, you know, many of us were born into not ideal circumstances, mm -hmm. you know? And you know, unfortunately, it's on us to take responsibility for our lives and to um, heal. You know, it, it becomes no one else's responsibility but our own. Yep. And um, life's too short, man, to like to be in your own way. You know, I have a lot of big dreams for myself and there's a lot of things that I want to do in my lifetime and I can't be a victim you know to the things that have hurt me in the past yeah. i think i'd be giving it way too much power you know um and so yeah i'm, I'm blessed to have taken the initiative and to have the money now to get therapy twice a week yeah. you know um 
yeah, it's, it's helped me a lot in like every which way. I love that. So you mentioned something uh, interesting. I would love to hear your thoughts on this one too. You mentioned uh, insecurity around financials. So mm-hmm. for many of us uh, that have grown up in traditional, non-traditional households that have the Hispanic, Latinx backgrounds, we struggle with taking risks. And for a lot of us, like taking risks has been instrumental in journeys and everything like that. So I would love to hear if that has been like a struggle in the past for you and like, yo, I'm going to go maybe blow $30,000 on this campaign or a mill on this campaign and hope that it works. And then you start like, look at the bank account. You're like, uh, I don't know about spending all that money. Like how has that been for you? Because I struggled with that and I still do to this day. Um, yes. Well, one, when I first announced the million dollar raise, I actually had a big panic attack and like when I announced it and I put I put the post on Instagram and I had like hundreds of comments of people congratulating me I was actually like in fetal position in my room like having a panic attack meltdown because I feel like you know I just felt this like great responsibility on my shoulders and I felt like everyone was watching me and um I just didn't want to fuck up you know and I was like in my own head Um, so I think that like, you know, sometimes people think that like giving money is just going to immediately change, you know, or, or alleviate financial trauma when in reality it will expose you to financial trauma. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened to me. And, um, you know, with the money that I had, I actually didn't even, I didn't even look at the bank account. Like I was scared. I had never done a financial model up until the top of this year. So my second, you know, my, my year two and a half of being in business. And I literally had like investors on the call while I was crying, like showing me how to create like a Google sheet financial document, you know? And I, I just feel like I had a assumption of like what our monthly burn was and that we're going to be good for the next 14 months. But like outside of that, like, you know, I did try to be conservative, but also I, I think there's also a part of me too that like, yo, if I'm making these, you know, if, if I'm getting this money and these VCs are hoping that I 10x their investment, like I'm going to get me a nice spot, you right. know what I mean? And I'm going to move out of where I was living in LA and come up to Portland because like I need to be surrounded and inspired, you know, by nature and I need to be inspired and I need to go to a place where I feel like you know, I can actually heal without being stressed out because of the traffic or because of the noise pollution. Um, So I think it just kind of went both ways, you know, like there's a part of me that knew like my value as a human and how I shouldn't like penny pinch when it comes to getting the support I need, Um, you know, uh, when it comes to like therapy or, you know, for me, I also do like biweekly massages or, you know, like making sure that like, I have really good food in the fridge, you know, and, you know, I have a nice apartment and I can get my little furniture off Shop.Nex and like Facebook marketplace. Um, and I think also too, you know, I've been doing my best to try to be conservative with the money um, when it comes to like testing, you know, ads or all that stuff, because I think we're still in a, a mode of, you know, 
we're still in, in like just testing to see like which content resonates, yep. all that. So we haven't really tapped into like paid ads or anything yet, mm -hmm. but you know, that's definitely the goal with this, um, relaunch that we're doing with the website that I'm really excited about. That is wild. You've gotten to the point that you have without any paid ads. That's, that's amazing. That's amazing. Good yeah, for you. Cool. <laughs> um, okay. Thanks. So from here, I really want to ask as a creative yourself, like, a lot of us as Hispanics come into come from households that are very traditional and being like, for me, very blue collar uh, and others very blue collar or just like lawyer, doctor. That's those are the those are the high marks that you're getting to. So when it came time for you to tell your parents like, hey, sh shop Latinx is a thing. It's going to be a thing and like nothing's going to happen. What was the reception? Yeah, that's a great question. Well, I think for one, I come from a kind of like non-traditional household. Mm -hmm. um, you know, my mom was, you know, an, an admin, you know, assistant or executive assistant. My biological dad wasn't really in the picture mm -hmm. during the time of me making, creating Shop Latinx. However, you know, he was also, when he was in the mix, you know, he was a creative too. Yeah. And I think both of them had like, you know, free-spirited personalities, but, you know, my mom, as being a single mother, had to hold it down and, you know, provide. Um, and, you know, my grandma also raised me and she was a she was a house cleaner, um, but she wasn't alive during the time that I had the idea for Shop Latinx. But I feel like if I were to have told her the idea, she would have supported me. Yeah. And um, with my mom, it's like making me a little emotional. Um with my mom, I think her biggest concern was never about my profession, but just making sure that I was good, like right. secure, you know, because throughout Shop Latinx, I remember I had this really, really bad panic attack and I was at this park and I didn't have money for rent. And my mom during the time, you know, she would always hold it, hold it down, but I don't think she could at that time. And she started crying and she was just like, Brittany, can't you just get a job? You know, I just want you to get secure. You need health insurance. You need, you know, you don't, you don't, what if something were to happen to you? And, um, I told her even then, like I had this conviction, like, no, I have something really special with Shop Latinx. All the, all the companies that I'm going to apply to can't do what I did with this Instagram. I, in, by the, at that time it was just an Instagram account, yeah. you know, but um, I just had so much conviction and it got to a point where my mom was like, okay, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to ask you about it again, but I just want to make sure, you know, you're well fed and you can pay the bills. You know, that's all I care about. And you know, during that time I'm 31 now, it's probably like 28, 29. She's getting concerned, you know, I'm getting older. Um, so yeah, I, I just think that they wanted to make sure that like I was, I was okay, yeah. but there was never this high, you know, expectation for me to ever be a doctor. I don't, I was always really bad in school. So I, I think they knew that like, you know, either I was going to do get a basic, not basic, but like a, you know, a regular job and have security. Um, but I think she also knew me like, yeah. I am a risk taker, you know, and 
I, I like again I'm really bullheaded and when I when I want something like I'm gonna get it and that's what I did and now she's like oh I'm so proud of you <laughs> you know I love that cool funny story um so in the little Chicago suburbs that I lived in we had these little stickers that parents used to throw on their um bumper it said my mm-hmm. Huntley High School student is an honor student um, and I always told my parents, I was like, you are never getting one of those from me, but I will say mm. you will probably get one from my younger brother, but I promise you mm-hmm. I'll graduate college and, um, never got an honor sticker, never got an honor sticker from uh, college either or whatever the, the honor things, but I got through. And that's like one thing that I talked to my dad about not too long ago. Um, just like how just getting through actually meant more to me than actually like just getting that stupid little sticker um, that everybody's parents had growing up. It was wild. Dude, and I like 100% agree with you. Like I feel like, you know, school is just not designed for creatives like us. No. You know, if anything, it's stale. I don't want to read from a textbook. I actually want to do it, mm-hmm. you know, like, and I think that's what I love about entrepreneurship. I'm getting the ex- expertise that I've always wanted, you know, and for so long, the school system, I was always in parent teacher conferences. Teachers did not like me, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't like them and I was defiant and I was, you know, just like you, the class clown and I was just fucking around. I would copy off kids homework, mm-hmm. you know, like. I was just a bad kid. And then on my off time, I'd go like steal some shit. Like I was just a bad kid. I was a bad kid. And I think now, like, you know, earlier when we're talking about risks, like at the top, you know, I I took a big risk with ShopWat and Nax, but I also still think that there are parts of me that still gets, you know, I get in my own way sometimes even still. But, you know, I don't know. For me, it's like, if I'm not, if I'm not taking risks, then like, what am I doing? You know, Mm. like, I think that like life's so short, even when it comes to like food, you know, like if I, you know, I'll eat anything once. Like, I think that's just my thing is like, I want to try anything once. Like we're only here for a certain amount of time. We don't even know how long that is. And I just want to do everything for, for me to be able to look back and, tell my kids like yeah mommy raised a million dollars you know and i did it and prior to that i was driving for uber and i'll tell them about uber if it's you know doesn't exist i don't know (laughs) but like i think it's cool to like have these experiences under my belt and challenge myself i never would have thought that i could be in a position like this you know maybe it's something granted it's something that i dreamed about you know having financial freedom and you know doing cool shit and being bossy in meetings but you know, the fact that I actually did it, like, this shit's so cool. Yeah, that's so dope. <laughs> I, I, I really love it. That's so dope. So where can people find you? Where can f- people find out more about Shop Latinx and just follow along in your journey? Yeah, so I'm pretty, you know, vulnerable on my personal Instagram. It's at Chavez Brit. And then Shop Latinx, you can follow us on all platforms, sign up for our email list. Um, you know, we have a few really great announcements in the next couple of months um so yeah uh, check us out and you know i hope you can find some products that you love and that make you feel seen what makes you strange on purpose what makes me strange on purpose i think i've always been that type of woman and young girl that like 
when everybody zigs, I zag mm. just cause. Um, and I, I do that with intention. And when I go that way, I'll keep going with conviction, <laughs> you know, yeah. and I'll stand by it just because until it turns out it manifests itself into something like a shop lot next. I think, um, I'm, yeah, I, I think that's, that's kind of it is like, I just do what I do. <laughs> I just do what I like to do. And, you know, sometimes, you know, sometimes it resonates with people. Sometimes it doesn't, but you know, I, I feel like I want to, you know, the, the, my path to life is to be a sovereign human and, you know, experience and learn as much as possible. And yeah, I just kind of see like life is a fucking game and I'm like, I play to win <laughs> and I play to learn. And um, I feel like that's what makes me strange on purpose. <laughs>